0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live call. This is the Friday morning leaders call. Uh, thank you to those of you who are on the line in a live fashion. I really appreciate it. I know for many of you, it's a sacrifice to get yourself here on this line. And I really, really appreciate that. So today is, can you believe it, May 17th? Uh, this time is going by so Fast. For all of my teacher friends out there who are trying to survive May, I just salute you. I know that there's a lot that happens in the month of May as you're gearing towards the end of the school year. And uh, I just lift you up in in good thoughts, good vibes, prayers, whatever you need. I, I promise you, I'm sending it your way. All right. Well, so today I would really like to talk to you about this idea of empowerment leadership. I have a ton of stuff to share with you, and as I was putting all of this together, I realized there's absolutely no way I can share with you uh, everything I'd like to in under 30 minutes, so I'm going to share you with you four whys, so four reasons why we should even do this thing called Empowerment Leadership, and I'd also like to share with you uh, seven very quick tips on how you can do it. Now, I will preface this that uh, as I was going through, I was just kind of getting some brainstorms for other things that I could do in the future for teachings on this. So this will not be the last time you hear this. And also, uh, I was just thinking through, for those of you who are connected to the Michigan AEYC leadership series that we've been been doing. So we just had the the first day this past week. We'll have another day in June and another day in August we are really going to delve much deeper into some of these principles. Okay. So there's a couple different ways that you could really plug in and get more from what I'm going to share with you today. All right. So the four big main reasons why we want to empower other people as a leader. So the first thing that we're talking about is just developing people okay developing people so the reason why we try to develop people so first of all what does that even mean well it goes beyond your people getting the work done and doing it well and of course we we want that to happen right we we need to make sure that we're getting stuff done and we need to make sure that we're doing it with excellence developing people goes a little farther than that though it can be where you're developing somebody in their skills, and their abilities, in relation to, you know, the work that you're doing. And it can also mean developing a person, uh, maybe in their character or their belief system. It can also mean really thinking through, how am I going to help this person be a better person and reach their dreams and their fullest potential? Okay. So you see, it can go so much farther than just the boxes you need them to check at work. Um, When you're developing people, I got to say that it's actually more important to do that than it is the amount of money that you pay people or the benefits that you give them. Uh, I've had the unique ability uh, or position the last several months that many people who are transitioning from college and going into the workplace. Uh, They're going through their graduations right now as we speak. Uh, I've been able to coach them. And the one thing that I keep telling all of them is, especially right now, when you're first starting out, there is a tendency to go after a job because it has good benefits and good pay. Now, while that is important, what is the most important? is to find an employer who's going to recognize you for who you are. So going to allow you to be an individual and has a plan for coaching, mentoring, a growth plan. You know, how, how much are you going to be able to learn whether it be on the job or do they send you to trainings or do they have a training program of their own? Because you don't want a job that just says, hey, these are the things that you're supposed to get done. You want uh, a team around you who are going to support and encourage you in your growth. Honestly, looking back on it, if, if I had had that when I first started out, that would have been worth so much more than the pay and benefits. Because what it does is it gives you that experience. And it gives you new knowledge, and it gives you the opportunities to learn on the job, which, quite frankly, is a much better education, isn't it? And then you can sort out what do you like, what do you not like? And eventually you can figure out, what do I really want to do in this world? But if you're taking a job just for pay and benefits, you might figure that out, but it might take you a really long time to figure that out. Okay, so we're really trying to be those empowering leaders who are looking for employees who want to grow. Right. And if you want to find employees who are going to grow, constantly grow. You have to be an employer that sets up an environment for them to grow. And that's really what we're talking about. OK, also developing other people is really the mark of an excellent leader. A, a lot of folks that I've been working with lately, uh, they automatically assume that because they are in a position or a role of leadership, that they are good, a good leader. Uh, when in reality, if you're not developing people and really trying to help them learn and grow as they're doing their job, you, you might be a leader, but you're not an excellent one. Okay. And in the organizations that I've had the privilege of working with that have the very things that I just explained to you, they have a growth plan, they have, you know, people on staff that are mentoring other people, um, that they're very highly intentional about growing others. I got to tell you that their organization and their company is doing extremely well because when you develop people, and you increase their potential, you develop your organization and increase your organization's potential. Uh, I was working with an organization here this week, and as I'm sitting around in this board meeting and I'm listening to folks talking, I'm realizing they're so focused on, um, let's say, process and procedural things right? Which um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, However, the change that they were trying to enact is a people thing. And so instead of saying, how can we develop our people so that we can, you know, help give them what they want in order to grow, it was all about, you know, which boxes are we not checking well? And that's very difficult because it's hard to teach somebody, the value of developing people, number one, when they've never had it themselves, right? But number two, when they don't understand how to do it. And so I fully recognize I might be sharing something today that is, you know, a little outside of your comfort zone. Just go with it and, and take something, anything out of what I'm sharing with you today and just try it. Okay. All right. So the second reason why we want to develop people is honestly, it's the only way to sustain growth. So uh, I remember a time in in my career uh, when I first had my very first leadership position uh, and I had tremendous momentum. And the first year, it was just amazing. We were growing in, in numbers, in programs, in finances. I mean, every area we were growing. And then we stopped growing. We kind of plateaued for a while. And then things kind of started to fall apart a little bit. Until I realized I had slacked on certain things like developing my people. Okay. See, you can work more hours you can start new programs, you can raise your prices, you can do all of those things to help with growth. However, the one thing that I have found consistent with my own personal experience and also working with all of my coaching clients is that when you develop people, you, your growth is, is sustained at a very high level. Okay. So that's usually the one thing when I come in is uh, when I'm doing an assessment is I try to figure out where is the the company or organization with empowering others. And we try to head that way if possible. Um, The third reason why we develop people, um, (laughs) how many of you would like to go away from the office someday? Let's say you have a meeting away from the office or I don't know, wild and crazy idea. Let's say you want to go on a vacation, right? You're going to take a week off. How many of you would like to leave work and actually not have to be bothered by your people? I hear it all the time. I wish I could take a day off or when I take a day off, I know I'm going to work, you know, extra hard to make up for that. There's all kinds of things that I hear. And what it signifies is that you're not empowering your people to do the work when you are gone. I I had a a great time this this past week. There were two full days of trainings uh, with a bunch of education leaders. And we were talking about results-based leadership. And one of the things that we always talk about in that session is delegation. Right. And we've talked about it on these calls, too. Delegation is uh, kind of a tricky thing. Most people have a hate, hate relationship with it. They've tried it once. It didn't work. So they didn't try it again. Right. Um, Until you do it over and over and over and over again and you understand the power of delegation, that it's not just getting something off your plate. It is looking at somebody and saying, you have a knack for this thing you should be the one to do it, not me, and really empower somebody to run with that, you will always be the one doing the work. And so, you know, to those folks who who say, well, I'm just not going to delegate because I've got to have it my way, or I, you know, I I just can't trust somebody. They're never going to be an empowering leader. And that might be you this morning. You, you might be saying, yeah, Michelle, I, I know I'm, I'm there. I, I get it. It's time to start delegating, no matter how hard that feels. Okay? Because you want people to do the work when you're not there. All right. And then the last really big reason why we want to empower others and develop them is that it gives you back time. Okay, so not just, you know, I'm gone and they're going to do the work while I'm gone. But as you're starting to delegate out these things and empower other people to take them on, it gives you time to think bigger. Right. When you're not in the trenches doing the work all the time, you can take a step back and say, hey, you know, where is our team going? Um, What is coming at us in the future? And how can I help my people be the very best that they can be? Right. You get your time back. Um, I I, I found this quote in Of course, it's a John Maxwell book, right? Because I I do read a lot of books, but the majority of what I teach on is John Maxwell stuff. So uh, this is in the Five Levels of Leadership book. Um, I've used it several times before, but it just is a great example of what we're talking about today about empowering leadership. So he is actually quoting Everett Shostrum. In a book called Man the Manipulator. And it's talking about a teacher who learned the secret to reaching people and changing their lives. So, this is what the teacher said in this book. I had a great feeling of relief when I began to understand that a youngster needs more than just subject matter. I know mathematics well and I teach it well. I used to think that was all that I needed to do. Now I teach children, not math. I accept the fact that I can only succeed partially with some of them. When I don't have to know all the answers, I seem to have more answers than when I tried to be the expert. The youngster who really made me understand this was Eddie. I asked him one day why he thought he was doing so much better than last year. He gave meaning to my whole new orientation. He said, It's because I like myself now when I'm with you. Isn't that good? What would it be like if your people were more comfortable at work? If they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were on their side? If they knew that they could make mistakes and they wouldn't get in trouble? How would you feel if you knew you didn't have to have all the answers? That you could show up to work and you could do your very best and bring it with excellence, but you didn't have to be perfect. See, I think the reason why most people have a problem with empowerment leadership is there's no right or wrong answer. It's messy. There's risks. There's failure. There's learning. Um, Honestly, I look at that as that's the joy of it all, right? You never know what's going to happen. But if you're kind of a a controlling person or somebody who needs to be perfect or know what's coming all the time, you can't be a great empowering leader. So as much as I can get on here and I can tell you all these different tips, which I am going to do that in just a second, um, it really comes down to who are you? if you want to be an empowering leader, it's not so much checking these boxes that I'm going to share with you. It's who are you? Who do you want to be? Some of you, you might need to really work on yourself. You know, if you're looking for a great personal development book that's going to help you be a better leader, I would highly suggest John Maxwell's The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. it is. Has been amazing for me. It's something, it's a study that I actually do every year. Uh, And especially the first four chapters, if you want to do a primer, uh, I would highly suggest doing the first four chapters in a month where you read one chapter every day. Uh, So you read chapter one every day of the first week and you ask yourself the reflection questions and you continue to do that for the first four weeks. That is going to put you on an accelerated growth path for developing yourself and put you in a much better place to be able to empower and develop your people. All right, so let me get to some of these tips. So it takes a leader to know a leader, right? So you can't can't know the people that you're trying to empower unless you are a better leader yourself. It takes a leader to show a leader. So that's talking about modeling and equipping and it takes a leader to grow a leader. Okay. That's why when we talk about any leadership principle, we always say, focus on yourself first, make sure you have this inside you and, and that you're doing it with excellence rather than taking it and running with it and trying to, uh, use it with your people first. Okay. So you, you be the example. So there's seven different areas that I'd like to kind of share with you today. And it it follows this whole, no, it takes a leader to know a leader. It takes a leader to show a leader. It takes a leader to grow a leader. So uh, in order to know other leaders, so this is really talking about recruiting and positioning. So you're, you're really wanting, when you're recruiting, you want to look at people's potential not their past. Your future is not determined by your past. Okay. A lot, some people think that that's so not true. If that were true, I wouldn't even be on this call with you today. Okay. Um, and, and when you are getting ready to hire somebody to recruit and hire, you know, it's, it's, we look at what a resume, right? We look at a resume. We might call the, um, you know, references. We're really trying to delve down into what have they done up until this point. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Absolutely. That is part of it. But it's part of it. Okay. Because when you're recruiting, you really want to make sure that this is a person with potential. So you can design your interview questions to understand, you know, do, do they want to grow? You know, what, what is their current, plan for growth in themselves right but there's four different areas that i look for so chemistry you know do are we hitting it off do we like each other right character um you know sometimes somebody will say something and it's like a warning bell about their character even though their resume might look really good if you get a warning bell on character back off okay also capacity. So this is um, basically their willingness to learn and grow. So do you get a sense or a feeling that this person has kind of arrived, right? Like, okay, they have all these degrees and they're coming and they say, hey, I, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm going to help you. Or do you get a feeling that, okay, maybe they do have these degrees, but yet they they are wanting to learn and grow? How much more capacity for growth do they have? And then the last one is contribution. Are they willing to contribute to the team and in what ways? Okay. Or are they, you know, and you can tell this when you're interviewing, are they the person that wants to know what are the boxes I have to check? Or are they willing to give a little bit more? Okay. And then positioning. So, positioning is really trying to, you know, as you're hiring, you want to make sure that you're putting them in the right place, right? But it's kind of, it's hard to know because you really don't know this person well enough. And so my encouragement with positioning, trying to find a place for these people is that you would try and try and try again. So instead of putting them in a a certain position or role, you know, just try it out. Just say, Hey, this is going to be our grand experiment. Let's give it 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is. And let's, let's check back and see how it's working for you. And you may need to put that person in a different role. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually really good. Okay. So try and fail and try again until you get it right. All right, so showing uh, leaders what to do. This is modeling and equipping. Modeling and equipping. So I absolutely love this story um, about modeling. It's from Gandhi. I want to make sure I get it right, so I'm going to read it to you. Um, okay, so a woman took her young son to see uh, Mahatma Gandhi, and she said, Mahatma, please tell my little boy to stop eating sugar. So Gandhi thought, thought about it, and he said, come back in three days. So three days passed, and the woman returned with her son. And Gandhi said, young boy, stop eating sweets. They are not good for you. <laughs> and the woman was very puzzled, and she said, um, why did you ask us to leave and come back in three days? I don't understand. And he replied, I asked you to return with the boy in three days because three days ago, I too was eating sweets. I could not ask him to stop eating sweets so long as I had not stopped eating sweets myself. Isn't that good? See, in order to empower our leaders, we want to model for them what it means to be a good leader. So you cannot ask other people to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. That's a really key principle to good leadership and especially empowerment leadership. All right. And then the next part is equipping. So this is, you know, giving them the tools to do the job. Right. So there's a few steps that you can do this. So these are the steps that when you're trying to delegate, so that's another form of equipping, that you can do this. Okay, you may want to write this down. And if you miss this, it's okay. I'm going to post this on the podcast. So the podcast, if you're not connected with it, the title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And you can find that anywhere you find podcasts. So the recording will be up there. And you can switch to um, we're in like the 24 minute mark. So you can find that and, and you'll be able to write this down. So there's a five step process. So step one is I do it. So I'm going to model for you what I'm doing. So for example, when I was, um, delegating out the process of doing some paperwork things with my assistant director, I would say, okay, I'm going to do this. Watch. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, I did it myself to understand the process first. And then step two is I do it and you're with me. So I'm going to demonstrate, right? Step three is you do it and I am with you. So you do the paperwork now and I'm with you. And I'm just kind of coaching, asking you questions as you do it. Step four is you do it, right? And maybe I'll check in afterwards or you can come report to me. And step five is you do it and someone else is with you. So for example, you know, as, as I'm, you know, teaching this person, this paperwork, I have to do it to know the process myself. Right. And I'm thinking about, okay, as I'm doing this, I'm not like checking out of the process. I'm actually saying, okay, as I'm doing this, I need to make sure that I know the system or the process so I can explain it to somebody else. Then I'm gonna do it with that person there and kind of explain how I do it. Then that person is going to do it and I'm going to be coaching them through it. Then they're gonna go out and do it. Now, this is the step where a lot of people uh, get caught up on the delegation process because you look at, you know, they're going out and they're doing it and they're gonna make some mistakes. Yes, you want that to happen. That actually helps them learn, okay? And then step five, many people never get there. This is where you want that, that new person who's doing it to teach somebody else. There's a couple different reasons why. Number one, you learn more when you teach somebody else. Okay, that's really important. And number two, you're developing your bench. So if something should happen to you, if something should happen to, you know, the next person, somebody else has an idea of what's going on. Okay. This is empowerment leadership. All right. So that is equipping. Um developing that that's growing a leader is all about develop, empower, and measure. So I'm going to go through these really quickly. Develop is understanding um, that you're assessing people in some way. Not you're not necessarily giving them a test, but you're assessing. So you're observing what's going on and assessing where might this person need a little boost? And then you're giving them a challenge, right? So maybe it's communication and you can come through and say, hey, I've noticed this about your communication. You put a challenge on them and then you come back and you support them. Hey, how did that go? What did you learn about yourself throughout this? Okay. Empower. power, um, that is you basically having faith in them. Okay. Once you have found the person, you have gone through the steps of, uh, equipping them, let them go. Steer clear of micromanaging. Okay. Have faith in them. And measuring is looking at, um, looking at yourself. Where is your measure of empowerment? So for example, uh, See if you recognize yourself in any one of these six statements um, so you're gonna give somebody something to do, and um the first thing is okay, look into it, report, and I'll decide what to do so for example, you send somebody off to maybe collect some data or or to find a change, right? And you want them to, to look into it and to come right back to you and you're going to make a decision. Okay. Or look into it, report alternatives with pros and cons and your recommendation. So go out and do the work and come back and tell me what your thinking is. The third thing is look into it let me know what you intend to do, but don't do it until I say yes. The fourth is look into it, let me know what you intend to do, and do it unless I say no. The fifth is to take action and let me know what you did. And the sixth is take action, but no further contact is required. So as you are empowering people, You're really looking and measuring your own ability to empower them and say, how much free reign do I give folks as they're going out to try new things? Okay, man, I wish I had so much more time. We would go in in depth so much more in those. Uh, but I do see that our time is, is really kind of creeping away from us. So, um, I did want to let you know, uh, starting tomorrow, I am traveling again. I am on my way to Paraguay. I will be doing some trainings with John Maxwell. Uh, I will be training some teachers down in Paraguay on his new youth leadership curriculum. I'm so excited. It's going to be a great time. So please stay uh, connected. The calls that we do every week will be hosted uh, by our guest hosts, Rose Pardiak and Bethany Clemenson. They're going to help you uh, learn some new things in their own style. And stay connected to, to social media. So either on Grow By One or my personal page, Michelle Burkhard. Um, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm even going to put some videos up on, on our YouTube channel for Grow By One. And of course, the podcasts, because as I'm traveling, I'm going to be very intentional about putting some different podcasts up there for you and, and sharing a little bit with you as I'm going along on this journey. All right. I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, powerfully productive, and empowering and engaging the people you serve. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.